So this stream, um, I'm going to be chatting with y'all and I'm going to be talking about um, what it's like to have chronic illness and whatever else happens to come up while we're talking. And hello, Dark Glows. Where did my name come from? Well, the first half of the zebra comes from um, the medical phrase to look for um, horses rather than zebras, which is a reference to not look for rare medical diseases. And the Ehlers-Danlos Society um, now uses the zebra for their uh, mascot. So that's where the zebra comes from. And the second half, the pig, is my totem animal. So I just squished them together. And that's where zebra pig came from. Nothing super exciting. All right. So it seems like peeps have pretty well settled in. So we'll get diving into the topic. And feel free to ask questions or add commentary. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about, you know, get into talking about this is that right now the research suggests that between 60 and 65% of Americans have some form of chronic illness. And that means that the majority of Americans, adults, have a chronic illness. And when we talk about a chronic illness, that means that someone who has an illness that has been persistent that the symptoms have been present for six months or more, and that it is anticipated that those symptoms are going to continue, that the prognosis is that there is no cure, so that they're gonna have that illness for the rest of their life. So most Americans have some kind of disease or illness that they're going to have for the remainder of their life. And these kinds of diseases vary a lot. They can be um, mental illnesses like depression and anxiety, or they can be physical illnesses like diabetes and asthma. Um, myself, the major um, medical illness that I have, I have a physical illness and it's called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And it is a type of connective tissue disorder and because it's a connective tissue disorder, it causes problems throughout my whole body and comes with a whole bunch of other, you know, core morbidities. So it's kind of a package plan. Um, I also have a mental illness diagnosis. I have um, OCD, I have ADHD, and I have autism. So, Copper Coyote, you are also in the Chronic Illness Club. One of the clubs that you just never really want to sign up for, but you just kind of find yourself in, right? Gamer Breach, you have sleep paralysis. Ugh. That can be very uncomfortable. Yeah, I bet you hate it. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to experience that on any kind of regular, any kind of regularity. So I think that one thing that many people misunderstand about chronic illness is that it affects everything. Like you can't go about your life without your chronic illness having some kind of impact on your life. Um, 
And I think that this is especially true for individuals who have um, chronic illnesses that are in the mental health department. But even those that are physical illnesses, you don't just conveniently leave your, um, <laughs> your illness at home. So even something like insomnia that can be a chronic illness, people who don't sleep every day end up feeling tired and have chronic fatigue and are more prone to illnesses, more prone to stress. And that impacts how well they can process new information. It impacts just everything. Even though it's just at night that their illness is a problem. I mean, it really still affects everything. So I think that, that that's something that is misunderstood a lot about it. So insomnia is the difficulty falling or staying asleep. Most of the time, it's some combination of the two. You know, most people, it's not just one or the other. Most people usually have a combination of a difficulty falling asleep and then staying asleep. So yeah, Copper Coyote, I think that when it comes to any kind of chronic illness, I mean, you're saying that sometimes a hug will assist with mental illness. I think that what people don't realize is that social support and feeling like that you belong to the community and that you're wanted is the single most important factor in having a good and positive outcome in any illness. So even if it's a physical illness, feeling like the people in your life care about you want you there and are supporting you through the difficulties that you're having are more important than anything else going on in your life in order for you to have a good outcome in your healthcare. So yeah, hugs matter. <laughs> and I don't think that we in America give the power of social support enough credit for how absolutely fundamentally important it is for it to be there. Every night I have this one nightmare of me being chased down a hallway by my sleep paralysis demon and I always and I always get caught. Game of Reach that sounds pretty awful and nightmares are, are, are terrible. I used to have um, really, really bad nightmares. Um, I used to struggle with night terrors. Um, now I very rarely have nightmares, maybe once a month now. But yeah, nightmares are pretty awful. If you didn't see it before, a Monte Cristo is basically ham and cheese with French toast as the bread. Oh, well, Copper Coyote, I have never had that, but it sounds like it would be pretty tasty. I, I think that I would definitely be, be willing to try that because I really like French toast. So when people are being evaluated for their chronic illness, one of the things that frequently comes up is how does their chronic illness impact their daily life and I think that it's usually quite difficult for people with chronic illness to talk about this because it just becomes so much part of your life that how do you separate like where your illness ends and your life begins it's just super part of everything that you do so when you try to explain 
the impact that it has on your life. You want to just say everything. But of course, healthcare providers are looking for something a little bit more than that. You know, they want something specific. And yeah, I have ADHD and I think uh, autism. Yeah, Gamer Breach, those two frequently do come together. Uh, Torti, my dad has diabetes. Diabetes is very common, especially type 2 in the United States. I'm taking three different medications as well as seeing a therapist, psychiatrist, and psychologist. Yeah, Copper Kyle, I think that's something that people really don't think about when they don't have chronic illness is the amount of stuff that becomes involved. So when you talk about how does it impact your life? Well, you have to see a therapist, you have to see a psychiatrist, you have to see a psychologist. So usually you're seeing therapists fairly regularly, you know, once a week, sometimes a couple times a week. You know, psychiatrists and psychologists, you know, they can also be um, a couple times, a, you know, a year, sometimes two or three, you know, every two or three months. So you have to make time in your life for all these appointments. And you have to take medications, oftentimes multiple times a day. So it just becomes this part of your life and this part of your routine on top of whatever symptoms you're trying to manage. And not to mention the stress that comes with figuring out, you know, what things are covered by your insurance and the costs that's associated with them is all part of this whole, like, how does this impact your life? Well, if you're trying to make sure you can afford these things, then sometimes it means working more or, you know, getting a different insurance or whatever. So the impact can be pretty far reaching. Yes, yes, type two. He had it when he lived in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, Chortan, uh, the type two is, is pretty common. I don't know about in other countries, but it is the type that is most uh, prevalent or most common in uh, America. I see and feel a person in my head like he could hurt me. I'm sorry, Gamer Breach. That would be a very difficult thing to deal with, and that is definitely good that you're getting the support for that. Do I have Pokemon Go? No, I do not. Um, I haven't even played it. And I don't tend to play the Pokemon games myself. Um, I watched this show and it was never really that appealing to me. So I didn't really get into a lot of the games. Or I didn't get into any of the games. And yes, in the, in the background, that is uh, the Llamacorn May. She is a Squishmallow. The, like most amazingest ever type of stuffed animal. They're super soft and squishy and fluff clouds. Hello ads, how you doing? I'm here, just a bit tired. Can you talk about EDS? Uh, how does one get a diagnosis or how does it start? Or yeah, I can talk about EDS. So EDS is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Um, it is a genetic disorder, so it is something that you are born with. Um, there are 13 types, and the type that you, um, the type that you have is determined by your symptom set and the genes that you're born with. So right now, 12 of the types, they have identified the genes that are associated with the disorder. Um, the 
hypermobile type, which is the type that I have, doesn't currently have the gene identified. So that is diagnosed by the symptom set alone. So you have to go through an evaluation process. Um, so how does one get the diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos? So the answer is that usually with a lot of long convoluted hoopla, <laughs> Um, the majority of individuals who get the diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos have gone 12 years from the time they first sought um, medical care to the time that they get a diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos. Um, so it's usually a very prolonged period of time to get a diagnosis. And that's largely because it is not the first thing that people look at. It is considered a rare disease, so pe people are gonna rule out all of the common things before they start looking at the rare stuff. Um, and when you finally get to somebody who is gonna do the diagnosis, they will give you an exam, they'll do a genetic panel, and if you have the right genes, you'll get one of those types. If you don't have the genes and you fall underneath the right spectrum of symptoms, you will get the hypermobile type diagnosis. So yeah, it's kind of a convoluted, complicated process. And good morning, Boop Snooter. How are you? So are you starting to feel better there, Ads, now that you've been resting i hope that you are on the mend and recovering well so how do you get rid of sleep paralysis well gamer breach unfortunately the answer is that you don't the reason that it falls underneath the category of a chronic illness is because there is no cure for uh the illness of sleep paralysis syndrome there are medications and treatment options which would require you to see a sleep specialist. Um, they usually start by having you go through a sleep study um, and then they can look at what kinds of um, treatment options are available to you based on what they see in the sleep study, based on your history, and based on a lot of other medical factors going specifically, you know, what's going on specifically with you. But it's more about medical management than it is a cure, unfortunately. And that's really the nature of chronic illness is that we don't get rid of these. These are things that we have to live with and we have to manage the symptoms. Yeah, and it's pretty common with chronic illness that you're going to have some days that the symptoms are better than others. And it doesn't matter what the illness is. You're going to have days that the symptoms are really, really present and really difficult. And um, then you're going to have times that they're not as bad. And there's a lot of factors that can play into that. And that depends on the person and that depends on... Um, the illness and if you're finding that you're having times that are better than others it can be helpful to try to figure out what those differences are so that maybe you can find out what some of the triggers are that make your symptoms worse so what are other diseases that are considered before getting to the eds diagnosis well ads the answer is everything 
because um, the challenge with Ehlers-Danlos is that it is a connective tissue disorder. And by nature of being a connective tissue disorder, it means that your entire body is affected and all of your symptoms present over your entire body. So the challenge with disorders that affect the entire body is the way that our system is set up is that we have people who are super specialized in focusing in just one area. So let's say you're having trouble with your stomach. You're getting a lot of nausea, a lot of vomiting, a lot of stomach pain. You're going to go see someone who specializes in the stomach, the gastroenterologist. And they're not going to be, you know, focusing on anything other than what could be going on with your stomach. And they're going to be working up problems for the stomach. But at the same time, you're having these problems, a lot of joint pain and hip pain. And, you know, your hip is always bothering you and it feels like it doesn't move well. So you're going to see a bone joint specialist for that, you know, an orthopedist, you know, for that. So the problem with the systemic or all over your body disorders is that they end up focusing in on just the one problem rather than asking the question of what could all of these symptoms together mean and as a unifying presentation oh it could be this thing Um, and that is a large part of why it can take so long for someone with any type of connective tissue disorder to get a diagnosis And Ehlers-Danlos is only one type of connective tissue disorder. There are like 200 something types of connective tissue disorder and not all of them are genetic disorders. So there's a a lot of them. My sister is going to Comic-Con in the summer and I can't make it, but the voice actor for Uncle Ira is gonna be there and I'm gonna see if my sister can get something of mine signed. Aw, Zim, that sounds really super exciting. That would be really neat. This just ends. Zebra Pig is a wonderful person. <laughs> well, thank you, Copper Coyote. I appreciate that. I don't know what it's called, but it's hard to talk to people. I don't I don't know. Well, Gamer Breach, there's a lot of things that can cause difficulties in, in connecting and talking to people. It can be social anxiety disorder. It can be just lack of practice and lack of lack of social integration it can be issues like autism where you have a hard time reading the para language it can be a whole bunch of stuff um so if you feel like that's really getting in the way and affecting and impacting your life then the best option would to go and see a psychiatrist and get that evaluated